Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. That's ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Again, that's ebaymotors.com. What's up, you guys? Sean Ross Sapp. It is July 2nd, 2021. This is the Fightful post-Smackdown review. Jeremy Lambert has the weekend off, so we are joined by old Bobby. Robert DeFelice, you all have seen him on the post-AEW show. I mean, quite frankly, he's no stranger to Fridays at this point. So yeah. uh, you've done more SmackDown coverage than Jeremy has. Why am I introducing you as if these people don't know who you are? The good news is we're only doing one Friday night show and we're doing it at 10 and not starting at midnight. But yeah, Sean, I'm here. Two more weeks in the Thunderdome. What are you thinking about it? <sighs> oh, I'm so excited to be out of the Thunderdome. It, to me, that Friday is like Christmas for me. Yeah. I'm like, who's over? I'm going to yeah. find out who's over. <sighs> Hope I don't get socks. <laughs> Like anything like that. Uh, Guys, please leave a thumbs up if you're watching this show. Subscribe, tap the bell for notifications. If you want your question or statement read on the air, donate a super chat. That gets your question or statement read on the air. If you don't want to kind of work on our schedule, well, I got a QA and a show that drops every single week on FightfulSelect.com. And boy, am I going to plug that one later, uh, obnoxiously and hard. But right now, I'm going to plug something not so obnoxiously the new fightful magazine featuring the guy to i guess it'd be my right on the screen bobo devalises uh devalises i said devalises as, as if you had a v in your name he's revisiting SummerSlam 88 we got the mailbag in there jimmy van has wrote multiple articles in this uh including the story about getting a cameo from roman reigns just to troll me uh, evan wheeler uh one of our mma writers did an incredible look at ronda rousey's career there's uh, looks at No Mercy, at LJN figures. We have Aaron Stevens, the former Damian Sandow, writing for us. Every issue, we have the Wrestler's Tribune. In the past, we have had Matt Cardona write for us. Uh, we've had Taylor Hendricks write for us. So we are getting these people who actually wrestle to do a lot of this for us as well. And then the the cover story, Dream Match, Roman Reigns versus Kenny Omega, I always loved these in a lot of the older magazines that I grew up on. So now we're bringing it back, my friends. Fightfulmag.com. You can get digital or physical editions and subscribe. Check it out. Robert, is this your first time writing for print? It is, and it's very exciting. Very cool to see. I didn't grow up in the heyday of magazines, Mm -hmm. but it is cool that I got my name out there. Kind of like a Bill After or one of those guys. When I started, I grew up on magazines. So my my only goal was 
I want to write for Bill after because he was so instrumental in keeping me in the loop when I wasn't allowed to watch wrestling as a kid. So I hope you guys check that out. I hope you all enjoy it as much as, as, as we like putting it together. It's a, it's a big project of Jimmy's and I think it's working out pretty well so far. Um, Let's talk about SmackDown and there is plenty uh, of stuff to talk about. Sorry. I just saw, I saw a tweet from Corey Graves. that says, I was put on earth to do something. What I'm doing is not it. Wow. That's interesting. Oh, boy. Uh, well, I hope everything's okay there. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about Shinsuke Nakamura and Big E versus Apollo Crews and Baron Corbin because we got to keep this Nakamura-Corbin feud going, Robert. It, it's it's important, right? It's the hottest thing in the world, Sean. It's like a l- lukewarm hot pocket on a Sunday afternoon. This feud is awful. Corbin, who is a legit big guy, Golden Gloves, he's a legitimate badass. He, you know, barbecues his own meats, he's Golden Gloves, about as manly as you can get. And they're just like, how can we just screw with you every minute, every chance that we get? I don't get it. I don't get why he didn't turn around and punch Rick Boogs in the face. I don't know why Baron Corbin is allowing this to happen, even as a character. Nerd Guru sends a super chat and says SmackDown was good. Probably the worst show of a week of the week in the in a great week, but it's rematch central. I never need to see Biggie and Apollo or Nakamura and Corbin again. Yeah, it, Nakamura and Corbin over and over and over again. Biggie and Apollo over and over and over again. This show is one constant retread. Like even there are elements of retread in in the fresh matchup that we saw here. I did not give a damn about this match. I knew who was going to win. Sad Corbin is not going to win this match. That's that's another thing. This company has trademarked Happy Corbin. I I don't know how they have managed to come up with an idea for that, but not a new idea for Big E in months. I thought for a minute I did see somebody other than Apollo Crews hit him, but then that went away, so maybe that was just a fever dream I had. I don't remember that at this point, but Big E needs something else to do. I think, and I don't know if I'll be on the review show or anything, so I'll just say it here. I think Biggie wins that briefcase, and I think he cashes in on Lashley when Kofi fails to beat him for the title. That's what I'm hoping too. That's that's what I'm leaning towards right now. Uh, Rick Boogs, I'm I'm done with this act already. Like first off, he's a dick. He's a dick. He's like just trolling somebody again. Corbin's also within the context of the show a jerk. He is. He always has been. But he's like actively trolling someone's mental health. Like, and they think that's like a baby face move. It's not. It's just like, man, I don't feel that bad for Corbin, but you're a dick. Like, just because I think this guy is a dick doesn't mean that I think that you're not going to be for picking on him as well. I, I don't think this landed well. It's like, okay, what? When he, at first, when he was like inviting Corbin out, I was like, okay, that's a baby face thing to do. They're like, all right. This guy's kind of depressed. Let's help him out. But no, this is just Rick Boogs being a dick. Yeah, a complete dick. Uh, Corbin, I thought that was going to be like, hey, I'm the happy guy. I'll invite you out to dinner. You can be happy, Corbin, with my help. But no, he's just an asshole. And at this point, it's almost like Reginald. Reginald was cool for five seconds. And then they Mm -hmm. shoved it down everybody's throats. And I think they still think... We're blaming Corbin for everything that's gone wrong on WWE like they did a couple of years ago when they just had everybody beat up Corbin after they apologized and said the fans are the authority. And yeah. that's just not the case. 
Guys, please leave a thumbs up on this video. Uh, but yeah, I never need to see either one of these two matchups again. Podcast Wiz says, how's Oliver SRS? Has he done more paintings? No, he's done one, but uh, he's a very artistic fella. He is super over. He is the new mascot of Fightful. Oliver the Cat rules. Um, Richie Goodacre says, I kind of wish Otis was a Money in the Bank this year. Not me, pal. I've had enough of that. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with him doing uh, the new gimmick, so to speak. And Otis did defeat Angelo Dawkins. Uh, in a very quick match, one uh, with a uh, Vader bomb. I'm okay with that, too. Otis is getting the push. Angelo's teammate is out of action. I'm all right with this. He looks like I'm getting Vader vibes from the way he looks right now. And I like that they're trying to make him serious. And they're like, oh, the new Otis. If only he could have made him serious when he was carrying the money in the bank briefcase for six months. There's a way to do this and not embarrass the guy. I get what they're going for. But I have a feeling in two months this will go nowhere anyway. I don't know if anybody, any wrestling character, had their push hurt more by the pandemic than Otis, and maybe irreparably so. I mean, beyond beyond health stuff, there had to be a crowd for his WrestleMania moment with Mandy. There had yeah. to be. And there wasn't, so it didn't matter. The poolside stuff, that was funny. That was very funny stuff. Uh, money in the Bank... That was weird. You needed a crowd for anything related to Otis having that Money in the Bank briefcase. The feud with The Miz sucked. It was so bad. And since then, it just hasn't been good for him. He's been all right. It's been hit or miss. But I think he was hurt really bad by the pandemic, Robert. Yeah, he really was. Because he was a character who had all the charisma in the world and was a lot of fun. And I get it. He's legit. He has legit credentials. But it just seems boring in an era where... Listen, we got a lot of good wrestlers. We need some good characters. Yes. Um, we have Bezo Banks saying, you know what it is about SmackDown? It's not bad. It's just repetitive. I don't need any more Biggie, Apollo, Nakamura, Corbin, Bailey, Bianca matches. Two weeks, please come faster. What do you think the new excuse is going to be when it's no longer, oh, they're waiting for the live crowds to come back? Because what we're about to talk about, Bailey and Bianca, is when crowds come back, Robert. Yeah. And then it's going to be, they're waiting for the draft. And after the draft, it'll be, they're waiting for WrestleMania season. Waiting it's for, for Royal vi- Rumble. They're going to reset around the Rumble. Oh, then it's then it's WrestleMania. Well, then everybody after every WrestleMania, they're doing a shakeup, right? They're doing a shakeup, right? They're, they're going to do one of those, even though they did a draft in August, September. Yeah. All right, man. Guys, get in your super chats, get your questions or statements read on the air. Intangible one says, return to the repo man confirmed. Well, what am I missing here? I, I don't know. I, I like Barry Darso. Barry Darso's a cool guy. I wouldn't mind seeing the Repo Man come back. All right. Michael Bunch says, I got to say, I feel this was an all-around good week of WWE programming. Hopefully they can keep it up with fans returning. SmackDown was too repetitive for me. Uh, with, with the exception of one thing, I felt like I didn't miss anything. And Anthony Velasquez says, why is this show so repetitive? It is. It is yeah. supremely repetitive. Richie Goodacre says, Boogs and Nakamura are bullies. More so Boogs than anybody, but yeah, it's hard. I, I can't even get behind. Like, I'm not going to get behind these other jerks just because one guy's a jerk. You know, oh, because because Baron Corbin had his car repoed. I get. Yeah, okay, yeah, you're okay. Right. All right, I'm, so, I'm dumb. Yes, clearly, I, I, I forgot to even cover that. My apologies. I was so done with this angle, and that I completely you how forgot what I was because I couldn't even tell you. It's so yeah. He pulled up a uh, Mercedes. 
his uh, Baron's Mercedes on a on a tow truck. And also Greg Hamilton saying King Corbin. Wait, Baron Corbin was good stuff. But when they're showing the license plate, one of my favorite parts of, of Raw or SmackDown was the license plate that said King C-R-B-N. And Pat McAfee goes, King Crabbin? I love <laughs> <Maybe>. that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with a few good King Crab legs, but uh, I don't know, man. I'm not, I'm not loving this. He's a legit badass. What are we doing? He can literally it, beat the hell out of anybody. It's, it's fun. I already blacked out this angle. I was like, oh, I was just ready to move on. None of this matters. And then I saw the Boogs thing, and I was like, they can't think this is a babyface move. There's no way they can think that this is a babyface move, but they did. Because they like to think that uh, all assholes are babyfaces. It works for The Rock, but The Rock is one in a million. You know, you not everybody has that charisma. Not everybody can come off as likable and genuine even while being an asshole this just comes off as mean yeah i i completely agree guys get in those super chats get your question or statement read on the air and we greatly appreciate it let's talk about bianca belair and bailey bailey is out there and she's agging on bianca and bianca comes out and she's like you know what okay now here's my here's a couple of my issues with this This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. If you had an extra hour in your day, what is the first thing that you would do? Read a book, take a nap, play some video games, do something for a friend, volunteer. A lot of us spend our lives wishing that we had more time. But the question is, time for what? And if it was unlimited, how would you go about using it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important for you and to make it a priority. And therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Therapy is so valuable. It's gotten me through some tough times, really helped me reflect on things that are important, specifically with BetterHelp. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be the convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. This is so beneficial when you've got that crammed schedule and you can't even imagine finding that extra hour. You can do it all from home. Fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Fightful today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash Fightful. It's so flexible and it can help you find that social sweet spot with BetterHelp. That's betterhelp.com slash fightful. Bianca and Bailey's whole promo was like, oh, I'm in your head. Yeah, you are in my head. Right after they had Edge cut that same promo. Mm. Right after they had Edge be like, I know I'm in your head, Roman. And I don't know if you guys remember. We'll, we'll get to, to the Edge thing later. But that didn't bode well for the Edge feud with, with Roman to begin with. We'll get to that later, but I thought that was a little bit repetitive. I thought that's something like an agent or a scriptwriter or somebody should have been like, you know, maybe we should lean into something else because no, she's not really into Bianca Belair's head because Bianca Belair has already beaten her twice. And Bianca is like, all right, fine. Let's do it at Money in the Bank. Is it going to be a good match? Yes. It's going to be a fantastic match. Do I need to see this again? No, I don't. I've already seen Bianca beat her. Why, Robert, why do I need to see this again? 
Well, you don't. And my issue with this is Bianca and Bailey, they're always going to have a good match. We always. have to get over this thing where it's like, oh, but the match will be good, so yes. everything else can suck. That's been the story leading up to Bianca and Sasha. That's been the story of everything with this Bianca and Bailey feud. By the way, buddy, that was the story this- leading up to everything on WrestleMania. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the whole card. By the way, these women have been inside Hell in a Cell. They've been inside an I Quit match, and for what? Because one laughed at the other. My God, these no. are. What sorry, sorry to interrupt you. I've got people. I'm not going to put it, put them up on the on the screens. They didn't super chat. But they're like, they got no one else. There's no one ready. That ain't my problem. That's not my problem. That they're too lazy or too ornery, as we say out here in 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 the South, to book someone to be over. Why is it my problem as a viewer, as a reviewer, either or a fan? a media member, that they didn't do the work to get somebody ready. I didn't ask them to not have anybody else ready. They've got a roster full of people to have ready. This is lazy. And And what they're doing, they're applying their lazy ideas to two women they know won't be lazy, that they know will put a patch on their flat tire and be like, all right, we'll get you to the next stop because they're not doing creative stuff. Because... Instead of getting the next person ready, they just take people off TV altogether. Not on TV whatsoever. We saw it with Bianca last year. Bianca could have been ready well before Royal Rumble. But you know what happened? They took her off Raw all last year. She was she would pop up and beat up Zelina every single time or every so often, but it's always their fault with this. It, they've got so much talent and they had more they had more like six weeks ago. And that's, there's so many issues here. So ever since we got to the, let's call it the work rate era, where everybody can have great 30-minute matches, they're like, all right, we're going to coast because we know the match will carry everything. And by the way, they did have more women six weeks ago. You're going to tell me Ruby Riot wasn't ready to be a challenger for a give championship? Me, you're going to tell me three wins. Three wins. That's all I need. Nikki James can just show up. And be a credible challenger. And I wouldn't even just say the women that got released. Liv Morgan can be ready right now. She's so, trying to... Uh, Go ahead. I, I, sorry to interrupt. I want to eviscerate the super chat. So we have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn for the hundredth time. It'll never be boring. But Bianca and Bailey, we get bored after three matches? Tell me the length of history Bianca and Bailey have together. Have they been a tag team? No. Have they had a years-long feud? No. Do they come up together? No. How long are they going to be around? Years, 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 years. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens literally debuted in this company. Those two are bulletproof among each other, and it's more unpredictable when they face each other because of that. When one of them beats the other, Robert, it doesn't harm the other one. And that's if, not that's not to say it doesn't get boring if they put them together for too long. Yes. But they haven't done that. It's not like we're seeing 20 Kevin and Sami matches since December. We're just... They're just doing this to get through money in the bank, and then they probably won't touch for a while. And we're not saying, oh, that that match is better because oh, they're women or anything. No, it's nothing, nothing like that. It's This match is overplayed. Bianca's beaten the bully at least three times. And, and Yeah, and she's beaten the challenger for her title twice. This is going to be the third time. Who, who gets that, that opportunity? Who gets that opportunity? Daniel R says, oh, by the way, this match got turned into an I quit match, Robert. And 
Bailey, without officially making it the stipulation, says, I quit SmackDown, I'd quit WWE, I'd quit competing. Well, I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that happening at yeah. all. Yeah, Daniel, I don't want to see that at all. Daniel R. says, who would you bring in to change WWE creative if you could bring in anybody? I feel like I haven't seen WWE in a while and haven't missed much. Um, Nobody, because the buck stops with Vince. I like what Court Bauer does in MLW an awful lot. It's a very cohesive program, and he's familiar with the creative process, but he got, he's got his own his own show, his own brand. So The problem is... It- it runs so deep there. Like, I know we were all just talking about a writer that was briefly hired from the Tonight Show that got released. Even if she had stayed around, it would have eventually been, oh, well, let me try to apply this philosophy. And it would have been, oh, that's not what we do here. Yep. And there goes that. So it's it's a bigger problem than any one person can solve. Was literally told of somebody who got fired very quickly a couple of years ago because they thought they could change everything. And I said, they somebody needs to change everything. Look, look at how it is. Cyclops says, back when men were men and hell in a cell ended feuds. Unless you're John are. Cena and Randy Orton, you know, you can't just keep bouncing through all these different feuds. I'm glad they're getting an I Quit match. I'm surprised they haven't done a women's I Quit match for the championship in all these years. But this, it just doesn't feel like it's that serious. Like, okay, she laughed at you, but you keep beating her. There's no threat here. Also, I just want to talk about somebody having the balls to mention, oh, we're bored after two matches? Buddy, their their first match was in May. We're going to hit July. Within a two-month period, they're going to have three. We aren't even counting the six-woman tag that was on SmackDown in May. We're not talking about the mixed tag that they had in June. We're not talking about the, the six-woman with uh, Reginald in it in, I think, February it was. Oh, hey, remember? They actually feuded in December? Yeah. Because they had a tag match on Tribute to the Troops. Bailey beat Bianca on SmackDown. Then Bianca beat Bailey on SmackDown. They had another tag match in there. This is like their 12th match, 12th or 13th match since December. This is not their third match. They have been feuding with a short break for the uh, for the Sasha Banks stuff, and that's it. And I, I'm willing to forego the idea that maybe some of these people who say these things, they're not us. They don't have to follow every single sure. moment. And maybe that's what it is. But they've been feuding too much, and there are more women on the roster that need the opportunity. And that's the greater problem than the fact that they've had a few matches. Yeah, I, the match is going to be dope. I'm going to love the match, but it's just... First off, I know Bailey ain't losing, and I don't need it again. Bezos says they rely too much on the wrestlers' in-ring abilities to save a feud instead of helping them with good creative, which is a major disservice. It is. That, that creative is supposed to give you a reason to want to watch it. The, the match isn't supposed to be the reason for creative. The creative is supposed to be the reason for the match. And just go back and look at the build for WrestleMania. They can make a really pretty video package for absolutely anything, no matter how terrible it is, and make you think that it was good. And there will be kids that are five or six years old right now in 15, 20 years, and they'll be like, man, that was the greatest build for WrestleMania ever because they probably were too young to remember how terrible these Raws were. Yeah. Uh, but there you go. Intangible ones is Pat sitting on and teabagging Cole was pure gold. Pat's great at this, man. He is a natural at this. And he tried to submit a question for my Adam Cole interview today. Yeah, and unfortunately, you already 
mid recording. Otherwise, maybe it would have gotten there. I do like Pat. I do will say this. I don't like that they seem to be taking Heyman off of Talking Smack. That provided some really good gems with everybody he worked with. So I hope eventually he does go back. Uh, we have a bunch of super chats about Zelina. We will get there. But Richie Goodacre says, Pat McAfee's a national treasure. He sure is. Nerd Guru says, is it an I quit match on a card or is an I quit match on a card with two ladder matches really necessary? I've seen them about five too many face-to-faces. That's what this is. It's the same thing every week, just tweaked a tad little bit. Um, and as far as gimmick matches being too plentiful, have you ever heard of a pay-per-view called Lockdown that they used to do in another oh promotion? Oh, boy. Let me tell you. That was overkill. Yeah. Orlando says, can say that WWE plays it safe, uh, then takes a chance. I can see... I'm sorry, I'm going to have to reread this. I can see with the people they use on Raw and SmackDown, is it safe to say they... They, they play it safe instead of taking a chance. Okay. Uh, yeah, of course. I don't even think that's playing safe. I think that's lazy is what it is. Yeah. I think that it's just lazy. I don't think they're playing it safe at all. It's just uninspired completely. And the laziness has cost some people. Like over on Raw, people aren't into Drew McIntyre. People have just completely soured on this guy when everybody was totally into him because of the lazy booking. Well, we got Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Money in the Bank last uh, man standing qualifier match. This was a hell of a match. And this is what always happens. Even though these people have wrestled a hundred times, the match is great. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn killed it. But Kevin Owens ain't getting that time off. I'll say this, they don't need to run it back for a while. Yeah. But this was a very good end to this iteration of their rivalry. Kevin Owens is very good at professional wrestling, Sean, and I feel like he hasn't gotten a chance to show that in a while. This match did. If it wasn't for Big E, I'd be all in on Kevin Owens getting the briefcase. But I think he could use a little bit of time off because it looked like that arm was legitimately banged up. Yeah, and he's not getting that time off. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he had off last week, and that was, that was about it. But this match ruled that table spot. Like, when they're stacking tables, you know it's coming. They were throwing good punches at each other. Like, Sammy's punches weren't pro wrestling punches. They were like, they, the technique was good. Like, he was throwing them right. I was like, oh, man. And they were connecting with some of them, too, which I loved. There were so many good spots, but... Uh, the the deadly drive, which is for those of you who don't know, a SmackDown Raw terms, the Ric Flair slam, where you climb something and you get slammed uh, onto the ground. Well, that happened to Kevin Owens, but he got slammed onto the table, the same table, Robert, that later broke on a power bomb. Yeah. So that leads me to wonder: was it supposed to break there, or was it supposed to break later? Is there like a little pin they pull out, and all of a sudden? It crashes down. I've got so many questions about this, but that was awesome. Kevin is very good at the power bombs. It brought me back to when he first debuted and he had knocked Sami Zayn out with just power bombs. Yeah. And he brought back the apron bomb. So much of this felt so good. The, uh, The deadly drive, as you called it, to the outside of the ring through the tables was how Ambrose beat him in a last man standing match like five years ago. I don't know if they were trying to directly call back because that was the exact spot but all that was good i can watch these guys wrestle for quite some time don't need to see it again for a while 
but they definitely added to their long legacy of great matches with each other. So I loved that callback, the apron powerbomb. For those of you who might be new fans, might not have watched in the last six years, when Kevin Owens debuted at NXT TakeOver, I believe it was December 2014, I I Mm -hmm. think it was, he faced now Juice Robinson. He broke his nose that night, and that same night, uh, Sami Zayn had an all-time classic NXT match with now Pac, then Adrian Neville, and became the champion. It was a great underdog story. And his best buddy, Kevin Owens, came out there to congratulate him, show him some love, and hit him with an apron powerbomb. Ooh, boy, what a callback. Him doing it to just kind of put him out of his mercy or put him out of his misery. And Owens going through that table had like a, such a satisfying crunch to it. Yeah. Owens takes those spots as clean as anybody I've ever seen, Robert. Yeah, because he is one of those people who it's not completely Foley. Like he's not out there always throwing caution to the wind, but it's very believable with every movement that he makes. I'd like to see Sammy go away for a while and kind of come back, not as conspiracy theory obsessed and maybe a return to babyface Sammy Zayn as people are coming back and they're going to want to cheer him. Yeah, maybe give him off a, a little while. I think that would be interesting. Davon says WWE is not the future show anymore. AEW is the future. Wrestlers leaving WWE for AEW. Think about that. I don't disagree with you, bud. Not yeah. at all. I mean, there's a whole lot more people leaving WWE for AEW than the other way around, at least as of right now. And I think the true test of like morale and optimism will be when that shifts. When we see when it's not like 99% to 1% and that 1% being like from AEW dark then it shifts more. I think that that'll be maybe a time when, when words getting around because these wrestlers do talk to each other. I mean, they, they make it well known what what's going on and, and how they feel. So we covered this last man standing match. Well, if you want your little man left standing, whether it be a 10 count or you're having a problem getting it up at a seven or eight count, bluechew.com is here to help. Use that code FIFA. We'll get your first shipment free. Just pay $5 shipping. Blue Chew is a unique online service that brings you the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but at a fraction of the cost. And it's a chewable, so it gets in your system whenever you're ready. So, I mean, whether you plan ahead or the opportunity just arises, make sure you can also arise, my friends. It's prescribed online. You work with their... Uh, you work with Blue Chew's affiliated physicians. They get the right active ingredient for you, and then they get it shipped straight to your door, and then you're ready to go. You don't have to have a problem to use Blue Chew. It's about that performance. You want that consistent performance. You want to put yourself in the game. Eye contact, Robert. That's right, Sean. Eye contact. Nice. Blue Chew will make sure you're the last man standing. Maybe you're about to walk into a situation with like seven other dudes in a ladder. That can be a daunting task. I don't know what kind of stuff you guys are into, but seven people and a ladder and everybody's just reaching. They're reaching. They're reaching. Well, you want to rise to the occasion, right? Bluechew.com code Fightful. No painful conversations with the doctor. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. And, and don't worry, it's a discreet package to help your package. BlueChew.com, code Fightful. Guys, please get in those super chats. It really helps us out an awful lot. 
seven dudes and a ladder or seven women in a ladder. I mean, that that's really the ladder is the one having a good time. here. <laughs> that's right. That's <laughs> that is indisputable. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, so Seth Rollins is backstage and he makes some points. I think he's like, hey, why is Edge getting this opportunity? He had his shot. Why do I care if you dip shits added Daniel Bryan to the match? Why is that my problem? And yeah. and I'm like, okay, well, that makes sense for them to just add him to the Money in the Bank match. But they're like, no, you don't get to. You only get to if you beat Cesaro, which uh, Bobo, tap me on the shoulder if you've heard me say this before, <sighs> but match is going to be really good. But don't need seen- to see it again. So, and here's here's a big issue. Cesaro should arguably be in that match. Yep. Cesaro has elevated himself a lot this year, but I want Rollins in the match, so he at least has something to do with pay-per-view other than screw over Edge, because that's where it looks like it's going, because he's very mad that Edge got the match. I think Edge and Rollins will be a lot of fun. I think Rollins has had a tremendous amount of fun with his new character. I would prefer babyface burn it down Rollins and heel edge but I understand we're still we haven't even seen edge wrestle in front of too many crowds so they got to get that out of their system yes uh we have someone that says haven't heard your AEW review show do you guys complain about pinnacle and inner circle program continue yeah I was <laughs> gonna say go watch the show go watch the show because it ain't always you guys gotta train everything so fair no I don't if I want to like SmackDown more than Raw or NXT more than SmackDown or AEW more than any of them, I can. And the track record of a program plays into that. AEW's got a better track record of making things right than WWE does. And by the way, we're talking one program. Yeah. This and like best friends, Miro and Kip, are the only two that I can really point at and say, well, that went on too long. You know how much how much longer they could have dragged out MJF and Cody, and they haven't even associated with each other then. Because when they do go back to it, it'll be big. It will be, and you know, uh, Dynamite never runs back matches. They've never done okay. Let's do this, and then let's do it again next week. Next week will be the first time they do that with the Bucks, Penta, and Eddie, and that's only because yes. for the first time they're doing the whole. Well, they beat the champions. So they can get the title match. If they do that again for the next five weeks straight, that's an issue. But by the way, if you, if you do get your question read on here and you're like, oh my gosh, Sean, you're so patronizing, reading like a nerd. Well, listen, you didn't send a super chat. Your question's going to get read like a nerd. That's just the rules. I don't make them up. That's just how, how we do things around here. Sorry. Check out our AEW show. It's very good. Cyclops says Edge got stacked. That's right. He has no title claim. I don't disagree with this whatsoever. Yeah, they they should do a better job explaining why Edge should even have the match. But it is what it is. Edge is a part-time guy. He's just going to have the one match and then fight Rollins. And maybe if he feels like performing in front of crowds, he'll stick around. But he might just go away after SummerSlam. It is very frustrating when WWE scripts in, hey, our show doesn't make sense. Yeah. Oh, it's man. Well, it's self-aware, but it's also like, Ha, we're not going to do anything about it. Suck it. You know, like, yeah. yeah. 
Davon says, I follow you on Twitter. That's how I knew you were going live. Hey, thank you so much. Yeah. I'm glad I'm glad that I let you follow yeah. him on Twitter too. Dude Felice. Yeah. I appreciate that very much, Davon. Uh, thank you so much. It, it means a lot. Arthur Steele says, Angelo getting squashed. Is he related to Boogie Cousins? I don't think so. Uh, but Arthur says, props to Select for breaking the hot news. Draft taking place on our birthdays. Lit. Yeah, it is. August 30th is the planned date for the draft. So, uh, yeah, happy birthday to you on that day as well, then. We're, we're sharing it. Probable Cause says my review of the chat, Super Chats today. How come you don't have a problem with this? Huh, dirt sheet, boy? Dirt sheet boy shirts win. There were some that emerged, and I was not fond of the look of them. I'll say that. I um, I don't know. I I don't know. But uh, Knock Bogan says a nondescript eye contact shirt sounds amazing. Well, uh, maybe we'll get there. Maybe. But we got shirts of, with Jeremy's face on them. We got shirts with butt cheeks on them. We can, so that that was the discussion that we had. Like I I didn't like the design because I thought it played off of something that was was a little passe and too old. And I was like, it's not parody enough to be funny. And they're like, well, we got shirts with butt cheeks on there. And I'm like, yeah, but everybody knows that's so stupid that it's ridiculous. Like putting Jeremy's face on a shirt, all due respect to Jeremy's face, it's so stupid to put somebody's face like that on a shirt that you know it's ridiculous. Uh, Because there are some shirts that like actual people wear and they like. And then there's some that people wear as a a rib. But I thought that one didn't fall under either one of those. So uh, maybe we'll get another one. But speaking of dirt cheap, bang, 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 bang. oh, there, here's what I like. I'm just a dirt cheap boy. <laughs> that'd be that'd be really good yeah. on a shirt. Yeah. And Maggie's here in the chat. Maggie says, I'm tired. Well, sing to us, Maggie. We always appreciate you. Kate Hensler says, total homers for WWE Dynamite over AEW SmackDown. Oh, man. Nerd Guru says, here's an idea they haven't done. Have NXT entrant in both Money in the Bank matches as the call-up. That set the person big right away if they win the case. I love this idea, Robert. Why not? I do love that idea. They need to rehab this case. This case needs to go through some serious rehab. It's been treated like a joke more years than not. Take its phone away for four weeks. It can't contact its family. It's got to get rid of all the enablers that it knows. That's right. Legit, like actual rehab. No more toxins. None. Cold turkey. None. Vincent but I do Mil- like the idea. Somebody did mention tonight, Sean, that if they win Money in the Bank, they can challenge for the NXT title, which I thought was interesting. But I was that highly, mentioned on the program? That was mentioned on the program by Ooh. a certain somebody that we're going to talk about in a little bit. Okay. Vincent Millage says, I want to watch WWE programming when I think it's getting really good. Then I always get burned or it's the same matches over and over. To me, there's always usually at least one really, really good story going on between the two shows, uh, not including NXT. It's NXT has been a home run the last three weeks to me, yeah. uh, but, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's the thing. You always hope that it's going to get better. Oh, Baba Wilkins says, you've said this before, but the biggest problem is a 75 year old man thinks he knows what people over half his age want to see. Have a good weekend. My dudes. That's why I always hit people like Robert and Jeremy with the snakes and sparkler speech. As much as there's stuff that I don't want to cover in what we do, it's not about me. It's about you guys. It's about what our viewers want. It's about what our audience wants because while, quite frankly, a lot of the stuff we do is to pop ourselves and each other, ultimately, 
we don't have jobs if it doesn't pop you guys. If you guys aren't giving a shit about what we're covering, who we're talking to, the news that we're breaking, then we don't exist. And WWE has found itself with a with an eroding fan base, regardless of however much money you guys want to sit here and say that they're making, an eroding fan base because they're popping one guy. Like, it's not even a bunch of people. It's, it's and that guy has an insane work ethic and thought process that Lana just told the story on Chris Jericho's podcast that she sat there for 19 hours in the Thunderdome to do one 60-second backstage just because he kept redoing it because, hey, we're not in front of a live crowd. We can keep retaping these. That's that's scary. Kinjira says Bucks versus Penta Kingston now in a street or now a street fight. Ooh, that's good. That's going to no, be real good. As we said on the Wednesday show, Eddie Kingston's killed a guy, so I don't like the Bucks' chances. Indeed. So let's talk about the the big topic tonight. Sonya Deville comes out, and as you as you mentioned, she opened up that money in the bank uh, money in the bank situation, so to speak. But she announced the newest money in the bank entrant. Zelina Vega, Robert. Oh, yeah, yeah. Zelina Vega, one of SmackDown's hottest superstars. And she's been off of TV, but she's back and she's in Money in the Bank. And uh, let's go. She's in the ring with Liv Morgan. That is how they treated her. Yep. Never mind anything else for a second. Just on TV, they treated it like, yeah, Zelina Vega's here. And yeah, she's back. And let's see what she can do with Money in the Bank. Nothing about, hey, Zelina Vega's returned. Zelina Vega has been away for a while. Just, oh, she's in the match. Cool. They they didn't really mention, like, hey, by the way, like she's been fired for six or seven months. Like, it wasn't any of that. But later on, Liv was like, she hasn't even wrestled here this year. Yeah, because she hasn't worked there. Yeah, but you, you can't even say she hasn't worked here. It's just, oh, well, I guess she hasn't wrestled all year. What's the deal? That's so weird. So weird how they decided to do some of that. Because I remember when the Bella Twins left for like two months, when they came back, they were like, oh my God, it's old school. We're all the Bella Twins are here. This is amazing. You couldn't even act like Zelina mattered for more than five minutes. So we have a lot of super chats about this. Uh, Liv Morgan comes out. Matthew Mikofsky says, is this a storyline where Sonya doesn't want Liv in Money in the Bank? It sure seems like it. Because Liv's like, uh, I deserve to be in that match. And apparently she's not after last week's social media saying that she was. So what she does is she challenges Zelina to a match and beats Zelina by holding the tights after Zelina had tried to. Uh, I like this match. I want to see longer Liv Morgan matches. Um, th- these short women's matches are not a good omen at all. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't like that at all. But Liv getting the win, I'm okay with. But... <laughs> Zelina came back to just lose after being put in a Money in the Bank match after she hadn't wrestled in seven, eight months. How are you feeling about all this before we get into the Super Chats? It's shitty. Zelina Vega carried Monday Night Raw for a good chunk of the early pandemic. Her and Andrade and Randy Orton and Angel Garza, they were all in these main matches, sometimes in two or three on Raw, and then you release her for breach of contract, sure, and then... She comes back. You just act like she's been there the whole time. You start a match with her, and by the time you come back from break, she's already mid-move, and the match goes for maybe another three minutes. This was very reminiscent of 
bad Divas era, and it's not a good omen, and I hope it's not where they're going. Okay, let's get to the Super Chats, because there's a lot about this one. Uh, Bogan says, late to the party on this day, but I see uh, Vega clearly now. Glad to see her back. Not a chance Liv could win this. Well, crap, there she goes. <laughs> Yeah, um, I thought Liv was going to win. I really did. I because I mean they're not going to have Liv come out and lose to her after beating Carmella. And quite frankly, this checks out based on WWE. Oh, you want to keep your Twitch? Don't do you? Okay, you, you, we're going to fire you. Oh, you want to talk about unionization? Do you? Okay. You, well, you want to come back? Do you? Okay. How bad do you want to come back? We'll see about that. You can you can say that's not what it is, but based on their track record, certainly feels like it to me. And then uh, at her significant other fired just a couple yeah. weeks before. Well, we're gonna we're gonna get more into that. We've got some super chats about uh, that. Like it's very. You want to believe that everybody has the best intentions and that it's all good, but I don't know, man. It doesn't seem that way. Ryan Martin says, with Zelina returning tonight, is it safe to, to assume Alistair Black's return, return will soon follow? No, I would not assume anything. I will not assume anything about either of those. And I'll tell you why in a few minutes. Uh, Ken Shiro says, if fans don't chant, you sold out at Zelina during Money in the Bank, then we don't deserve to come back. Man, no, I don't, I, I truly don't, don't give a shit being about assholes. that. Well, first of all, I don't believe in fans being assholes for the sake of being assholes. If she wants to make it in WWE, I think more power to her. But I just hope that it's fruitful for her. Yeah. And to your point, without even knowing what you're about to say, I wouldn't assume anything because Braun Strowman was in the WWE Championship match at Backlash and then was just fired a couple weeks later. Yeah. And, and man, like for all those people that were... Oh my God, she talked about unionization and she went back. Who gives a shit, man? Maybe she can make a difference. Maybe maybe she'll try. Maybe she won't. It ain't just on her. It's not yeah. just on her. It's on a lot of other people to make that change. And she did more by tweeting about it than like 95% of wrestlers, if not more, have done. So like, get over it. Woman's got to make a living. Yep. Like, quit, quit your bitching people like it's so lame and then she 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 stepped off that well you know what where go bitch at andrew yang too where's he been with that i haven't seen him tweeting about that in a while yeah why because it's not a hot topic right now yep and that was a crazy time for a few months there for like a few weeks there a couple months ago we were covering andrew yang and unionization and yeah, it did all go nowhere, but I don't blame Zelina. If she wants to do this, this is her dream. Yeah. Whatever she feels is best for her. That's not my business, nor anybody else's. Ray Callahan says, think Zelina losing was WWE testing her teamwork, team player. Her Twitch went live at 10. Don't know if it was her or Tommy, though. It's been Tommy, it's been Tommy. for like the last few weeks. Probable Cause says, you give the fans what we want, but no baby face fire. You mean this? Oh, man, that's the best Christian Cage impression I've ever seen. Eamon says, I'd like to money, see Money in the Bank winner go for the NXT title. I really wouldn't. Like, they did that last year with the Royal Rumble, and I understand it's like, oh, you're setting a new precedent. No, the Royal Rumble and Money in the Bank should be exclusive to main roster. NXT has its own tropes and things that it does. Richie Goodacre says, why not leave a spot open and have Zelina be a surprise return at Money in the Bank? So lackluster. Michael Cole seemed bored by her return. Uh, I, I, 
I'm okay with her returning before because you got to give people a reason to tune in. You have to make people be like, oh, yeah, that's why I watched wrestling. Surprises happen sometimes. But how do you feel, Robert? I think as far as her not being a surprise entrant at the pay-per-view, that's okay. Maybe there will be others. They keep teasing, we're going to have surprises going into SummerSlam. So I'm sure there's going to be quite a few. But Michael Cole being bored? uh, I don't know, man. This is another one of those... We know that people are in his ear saying what to say and how to say it. It sure seemed like they were comfortable downplaying her presence. Ryan Evans says, with Zelina back in WWE, do you have any idea who Andrade's surprise is going to be? An intangible one says, so I guess Zelina isn't going to be Andrade's big announcement. That's a shame. And, I mean, has has he even stepped on the pedal for that big announcement recently? I think, I, I thought the Matt Seidel, his debut was the big announcement. It could have been. You never know. We know that they're loading up these July shows, so there might be a big announcement around Andrade. There's He's got so many people. He could bring in Roosh. You never know what they've got going on. I think the, the net has worked themselves into a shoot with that one, for sure. Uh, Anderson says, I guess this was the 5% of the time the dirt sheets were right. Uh, Love that 5%. Five percent of the time, we work every time. I'm, I'm just gonna say this, guys. Without gloating too much, we don't make shit up. I, I don't know what everybody else does. I don't know. We don't make shit up. We're not making shit up. We told you guys in early May that she was at the performance center and that Zelina was headed back to WWE. Now, since then, I've had to bite my tongue an awful lot. I posted a thread about it, but I had to bite my tongue an awful lot because of that Alistair Black stream, which I respect his opinion, all that. I think he probably grew up in an era where a lot of the wrestling news sites were clickbait, copy and paste, and quite frankly, bullshit. A lot of it was bullshit. But a lot of what we're doing is trying to change that by just being honest at a job that often isn't honest. There's more honest people in it now than there have ever been. There are more sources than there have ever been. We're just not going to make something up. There is no long-term benefit. Like if you guys thought that we were just outright making something up, would you guys come back? Probably not. And if you were, is that the kind of person I want to cater to anyway? No, it doesn't work out for anybody. But I think that probably he grew up in a very untrustworthy era of websites like that. Because quite frankly, I didn't know what the Wrestling Observer was until 2010. I didn't grow up on on the actual sources. I went to a media literacy class, learned, you know what? I should really trace back that source but we ain't making stuff up. Now, when I listened to that stream, what I got from it was that people subsequently made things very hard for her because they said things like, oh, I thought you were thought you were unionizing. Why are you going back? And like I said, if she wants to go back, go back. Make that money. Do it however you want, whether you're pushing unionization or not. But when we report news, we cannot help that. We can't help how other people are going to disseminate and how they're going to behave as a result of that news. We're just putting the news out there. That's that's about it. We didn't sit there and say, Zelina has been talking about unionization and now she is going back on that. We never, ever said anything like that and wouldn't encourage anybody to behave like that to somebody that we cover, especially over something like that. There you go. Zelina's back as Fightful reported 
in mid-May on FightfulSelect.com. And hey, guys, if you want to get a bunch more exclusive news, subscribe to FightfulSelect.com. That is our lifeblood. It's the most direct way to support what we're doing. We have about five, six podcasts a week. Before this show tonight, we had an update on Zelina Vega and said that the plan as of three weeks ago for her to return to the main roster on SmackDown, she was listed on internal documents as a member of that roster a few weeks ago. And the plan was her to have her uh, involved by money in the bank as well. We had all that on Fightful Select about an hour before SmackDown. Also today, we have news on a, an NXT ref that was backstage at SmackDown and Vince McMahon's trip to the Performance Center. All that's today. In addition to my Q&A show today where we went over 50 minutes. But thank you to all of you guys, over 2,000 of you all that have, uh, that have supported us on Fightful Select. That makes me so happy. Thank you all so much. Uh, I, I won't reference that name, but <laughs> Intangible One just says, SRS doesn't make crap up. No long-term benefit in that, my friends. I want you guys to trust what we do and know that we do good work. So I appreciate those of you who have very kind things to say and that, that even stuck up for what uh, for some of the stuff that, that – people were saying whenever that stream did happen i appreciate that and no ill will towards either one of them i'm very happy to see zelina back in wwe and i'm psyched to see tommy end throwing on some hayabusa and kicking people in the face that would be very oh, cool yeah. because i love hayabusa too throwback says zelina joe coming back is best for business who do you guys think is next to come back to wwe thank you guys had a really bad day at work and burnt myself on a car fightful always cheers me up Hope you get better, bud. Uh, I hate that. I hate to hear that. I think Braun could end up back there at a reduced rate, Robert. Braun will be back shortly. I really do feel that way. Even if it's just leave him out till the Rumble, Braun will be back by next year's WrestleMania, I think. I'd like to see Ruby back. It looks like she's going to go have fun as Ruby Soho, wherever she wants to go. But I'd like to see Ruby Go back. I'd like to see Mickey go back. I don't think that's going to happen for a while. But, you know, there are plenty of people because really they were so good. The Iconics, they should have never been split. They could do great things for that women's tag division. Lana can do great things. She was just talking about how she spent $4,000 on gear. I'd like yep. to see her go back. You know, so many people. So uh, the, the main event segment was a bit of a, a, a weaved in and out of type of thing we got edge coming out saying it's so funny he complained about like six things and he said but i'm not going to complain about that 2006 edge would have and i'm like bro the fact that you're bringing it up means you're complaining about it like what what are you what are we doing here and then he hit us with the i know i'm in your head roman and my thing about that is like they tried to like retcon what edge the ultimate opportunist was the ultimate opportunist was not the cerebral assassin it was a weasel that could kick your ass. It was, I'm going to come in at the end of money, uh, at the end of the elimination chamber, and I'm going to beat up John Cena and steal his title. I'm going to steal the money in the bank briefcase from, from atop this ladder from somebody else. Oh, by the way, Mr. Kennedy's got that briefcase. No, not for long. I'm taking that. Oh, and I'm going to cash in on an already injured Undertaker. No. That was the ultimate opportunist, not this, I'm in your head, Roman. Not, 
I'm in your head, Roman. I know you're super cool and collected and never let anything get to you, but I'm in your head. I know that you beat my ass and stacked me on top of one of the best wrestlers over the last 15 years, but I'm in your head. That was not, that didn't work last time, Robert. Past 2004, and even somewhere in the middle of 2004, I believe around SummerSlam, Edge stopped working as a babyface. And they tried it towards the end of his career, and it worked out in hindsight only because it was the end of his career. But Edge Edge works better as a heel. Edge works better as a son of a bitch who just is selfish and wants to win. And this Edge won't get it done. It reminds me a lot of the when he turned when he was feuding with Jericho and the only thing he had was spear, spear, spear. And then he had to end up turning heel because it just, it didn't work. That's what this feels like. It doesn't work. It's not edge. I know why they're doing it. Everybody's still happy to see him because just a year and a half ago, he couldn't wrestle. So kudos to him, but I hope they turn him heel soon. What did you think of these backstage segments with uh, Jimmy Uso and Paul Heyman? Uh, not the best stuff. It really feels like something might have happened to Jay where they're just like, Jimmy, you you be Jay for a couple of weeks, which is bad because I think in hindsight it shows how interchangeable they are in this role. And Heyman's good, but with the Tribal Chief, he's better as the sidekick who doesn't say much. Guys, get your super chats in. We're heading down the home stretch of the show. The main event segment was Edge beating the shit out of so and Reigns didn't help him. Mm. It it was good. I don't know why they're really sticking with the cross face with the pipe bit. I guess that was the big takeaway from Mania. I thought, you know, Edge has more devastating moves in his arsenal. If you're going to do this, put a stipulation on it. Put uh, TLC or Extreme Rules or something where it's okay, no holds barred then. But I'm not sold on a cross face with a pipe going into a match where you can't use that pipe. So something's going to have to be done here. Throwback says Edge almost feels like he's being fed bad stuff. It almost feels like he's been the PG-13 superstar, not rated R. Edge needs to go back to his roots. As a vampire? Yeah. No, not as a vampire, as like the weird kid walking around uh, Greenwich Village reading poetry. Like Edge has seen a lot of different characters through the years and they all work. But I feel like he's trying to be family friendly and give him credit. He does have two daughters. Maybe he doesn't want to be an out and out scumbag on TV, but that is where he shines. And obviously they're going to go towards uh, Seth and Edge. But to me, after what Seth did to Edge when Edge couldn't wrestle, that should have been Edge first showing up on whatever brand that Seth was in. Is him being like, I'm here to kick your ass, you little bitch. After what you did to me, I'm here to kick your ass because I couldn't back then. And uh, I I agree with throwback. You got to He's got to have some more Edge. No pun intended. I think it's a given that it would have happened without the tricep tear. But I still think... If you weren't going to have him win the WWE Championship from Drew McIntyre at WrestleMania, then you were better off not having him win the Rumble and just yeah. letting him feud with uh, Rollins at WrestleMania and somebody else could have won the Royal Rumble. Daniel Bryan, in fact, who ended up losing to Roman anyway and doesn't seem yeah. to mind it. 
Ryan Martin says there have been reports out there that Keith Lee and WWE are in a legal battle over trademarking his name. Is that true? And that's is that why he's off TV? No, he's not off TV for that reason. It is absolutely they are, well. They are in. They've both run into issues trademarking the name because the other one has tried to. Yes, but that's not why he's off TV. And that doesn't necessarily mean a legal battle, but that's not why he's off TV. Uh, guys, this week we interviewed the Varsity Blondes ahead of Brian Pillman Jr.'s TNT title match. Check that out. We also had a great interview with Colt Cabana. I'm so happy about that. And um, I have been promoting an interview this Sunday with the Patriot Del Wilkes, who unfortunately passed away this week. And I've been pretty colorful in promoting this interview because Del and I did not agree socially. Uh, we talked so several times and would have some very spirited discussions and debates. And quite frankly, I did not agree with him socially whatsoever as a resource for our our interview and learning about wrestling the man was invaluable uh he was he was great he was always very generous to me when i would ask him questions about things uh that, that pertain to wrestling and you don't have to agree with somebody in a lot of those points to learn from them as it pertains to wrestling and i put this interview in the can several months ago and i was like you know what and i even asked him i was like hey listen i'm going to i'm going to hold off on this because nothing that we're talking about pertains to like right now or the next week or the next week. And he was like, yeah, release it when you want. So I was like, you know what, what better day to release it than the 4th of July independence day. And um, unfortunately we got the tragic news that the Patriot Del Wilkes passed away this week. Uh, We are going to run the interview as it was. Uh, We are going to run the articles as they were. They're going to have a disclaimer about how, uh, about that he passed away but these were written before he passed away and they're gonna run complete with him talking about how he wants to punch tom brandy in the face because let me tell you i'm pretty sure that's what he would have wanted because he really wanted to punch tom brandy in the face Mm -hmm. uh we talk about a lot of great things we talk about bret hart we talk about his wwf run we talk about new japan and wcw there are a whole lot of people that had no idea he went to japan or WCW and only know about him from his uh, WWF run. But we talked about how things went after that. Um, it was, it was a very fun interview and you guys are going to really, really like it. And it sucks to even be talking about this. He has a family, he has loved ones, he's got fans, he's got people that care about him. And unfortunately, um, unfortunately we're, we're, we're talking about it in a somber way instead of a, Hell yeah, this is a cool Fourth of July like interview. But um, you got any memories of the Patriot Del Wilkes, Robert? Most of mine are from the '97 run with Bret Hart. I did just watch Ground Zero yesterday after hearing the news. He was so good in his role, and I think a different era he could have been the top star for any promotion because he was that good and that dedicated to the character. And I couldn't believe it when I heard the news, but I am glad we're releasing the interview completely as it was. Yeah. I mean, um, there was a part I was like, man, do I, should I not release it because it's so close? Cause you know, I don't want people to think that I'm trying to capitalize on that. We're running it on uh, YouTube without ads. Unfortunately on our audio platform, pre-roll and post-rolls are automatic. So we don't really have the option there. But on YouTube, it will air ad-free 
And uh, it's, I think it's 50 minutes long. It, it's a really great interview. Um, so please check that out. Uh, and please send your, your best wishes to the Patriot Del Wilkes, his friends, his family, his fans. Uh, th- there's a lot of them. And hate to see anybody like that go, especially just 59 years old. His career was already cut far too short. He should have been wrestling far longer than, than what he was. But uh, yeah, I just want to it's hard to transition in and out of that quite frankly, yeah. but, but uh, we will be back Monday as far as podcasts go. And probably Monday afternoon, I'm going to be dropping an Adam Cole interview and it's very, very good. It's a lot of fun. Robert, what do you got going on this weekend? I've got, uh, it is the 4th of July. So I do hope everybody enjoys their weekend. If you're celebrating, you can follow me on Twitter at Dude Felice because I talk into this microphone for many different platforms. So go follow me there to see what I've got going on. Check out the Fightful magazine. And I do appreciate all the support. And I'm glad that I popped almost everybody on Wednesday with a certain joke I made about a certain uh, uh, TNT champion. And then uh, one. now I got both of those blondes following me on Twitter. Do. Look at that. Look at that. Uh, guys. Thank you all so much. Until next time, we're out.